0: is he the most suitable candidate? will he lead an Islamic life and raise Islamic grandchildren for you? I don't know about that I cannot guarantee that but I can can only tell you that it's valid for me to perform the nikah after that how he leads his life and how your daughter leads the life that's up to them they have to make the right decisions in any case it wasn't that it was not the story it was a 16 year old boy and he looked like a 12 year old he had a very baby face young little boy but he had a Muslim friend and this Muslim friend He had the interest in Islam, he was impressed by his character, impressed by his akhlaq. And spending time with him, he eventually asked questions about Islam. Now, if it was many of the other Muslim youth, they would be ignorant about Islam themselves. They're so shaky in their own faith, they would feel scared and timid to share their faith. And they probably would not be a good example for him to learn about the deen of Islam. And they would be left, and the person would be left... Without a correct understanding But Alhamdulillah This young boy He rose up to the challenge And he explained the deen In such a manner That this friend Accepted Islam And came to the Muslim. MashaAllah So What does this teach us That with our good character With our beautiful akhlaq, We can prove to the people That our deen Is not something To be afraid of Actually Even if you look In the seerah Of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in the Sira of Rasulullah sallallahu Nabi sallallahu made thirteen years of untiring effort in Makkah al to spread Islam. How many people converted? A handful, very few people. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam likewise spent seven years in Madinah al munawwara trying to invite towards Tawheed. Still, the number of believers were very few. In the Battle of Badr, there were three hundred thirteen. In the Battle of Uhud, seven hundred. Where is 700 compared to the entire Arabian Peninsula or the world as Rasulullah has been sent for the guidance of entire mankind? But then, after the Surah Hudaybiyyah, in the sixth year of Hijrah, from the seventh year till the tenth year, in these three years, if you plot a graph of the conversion to Islam and those who have accepted Islam, we will see that it rises sharply. In the Treaty of Hudaybiyah Jabir uh, anhu, Jabir ibn Abdullah Al-Ansari anhu, says hudaybiyah when the bay'at al-ridwan and the pledge was taken place under the treaty of uh, the tree of Hudaybiyah Rasulullah uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu wasallam, Allah, wasallam, told us you 1400 who have gathered here you are the best of the entire creation I was focusing on the number. How many there were? 1,400. So from uh, s- second year of Hijrah, 313. Now, sixth year of Hijrah, only 1,400. Very small increase in the number of those who accepted Islam. And this was majority of the Sahabah. Very few love, were left behind. Most of them were there because this was the Umrah of Rasulullah Wasallam. Rasulullah is the Umrah leader the Prophet of Allah is going to Umrah. Who would not want to join him? Especially the muhajirin, They had been left. They had left their homes and their beloved city of Makkah. Six years they did not see it, the Kaaba, and they had a burning desire to go back. Fourteen hundred only. But then, from the seventh year, we find in the eighth year now, the Fath Makkah. How many Sahaba entered Fath Makkah? Ten thousand Sahaba. And from there, from the eighth to the tenth, and the tenth year of Rasulullah life in the Hajjat al-Wada, how many Sahabah were there? One hundred and twenty-four thousand. So we went from fourteen hundred to one hundred and twenty-four thousand so quickly, so rapidly, the the graph shot up. So the scholars of Hadith and our the scholars of Sirah, they contemplated over this and they said what is the reason, how did this occur Imam Shahabuddin Zuhri rahmatullahi alayhi, who was a great muhaddith from among the tabi'een the second generation after the Sahaba anhu, a great muhaddith and scholar of hadith and one of the great scholars of Madina al-Munawwara, among the grand teachers of Imam Malik he says that his conclusion in which is corroborated by many other scholars as well is that up to the signing of the treaty of Hudaybiyah there was a state of fear and there was a state of war taking place between Mecca and Medina. Between the Mushrikeen of Mecca and the Muslimin of Medina. And that's why there was no trade, there was no travel. The Muslims were living in their own area, in their own state of Medina. They could not interact with the other tribes. And, they and the other tribes did not have an opportunity to see the beautiful character, to see the beautiful akhlaq and the and the and the dealings of the Muslims. But after this treaty of Hudaybiyah was signed, for the first time, the Muslims were able to interact with their neighbors, with the neighboring tribes. And the, they were allowed to intermingle with the Muslims, the, the mushrikeen of, Arab, of uh, the Arab tribes. And they witnessed the honesty of the Muslims, their fair dealing, their compassion. They witnessed their soul reliance on Allah. They saw their tawakkun on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They saw all these beautiful attributes. And this is when the phenomena occurred. And you will see the people entering into the fold of Islam in large, large numbers. So, this is the beautiful lesson we can learn from the seerah of Rasulullah. And the opposite we see as well that in Spain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given the Muslims and the Arabs of Spain Authority and domination over the land They ruled Spain for 900 years They were not a minority there They were the actual victors and conquerors of Spain And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them beautiful architecture Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them sciences and arts In all material fields they were progressing As well as in the religious sphere They had beautiful masajid so many great scholars Ibn Hazm, Qurtabi, Shatibi. When we learn the Qiraat Sabah There is this poem Hirzul Amani wa Wajhul Tahani Which is known as Qasida Lamiyah as well The entire poem Every line ends with a Lam And also the Ilmur Rasam Atrab al Qasaid Known as Qasida Raiyah Every poem ends with a Ra And very complex subject of qira'ah In the Rasam of the Quran Is explained in this poetry It's conveyed through poetry the text itself is a poem It's a qasida written by Imam al-Shatabi who was a blind scholar from Islamic Spain There is no book of tafsir no translation even of the Quran anyone can undertake in any language without benefiting from and referencing Imam Qurtabi al jami li-ahkam al-Quran which is one of the top tafsirs if, they are, if someone has to ask you or any scholar what are the top five tafsirs ever written or top four tafsirs Imam Qurtubi would be placed in the top top five, top four tafsirs ever written in any language and the author was again from Islamic Spain so there are so many scholars that were in Spain so many madaris that were in Spain, so many masajid the rulers themselves were Muslims but eventually they forgot the purpose of their existence and they became insular and worried about their... And in fact, beyond not worrying about others, they started squabbling and fighting among themselves, which has always been a curse in our history. And because of that, what happened is that they lost the entire country. The Spanish Inquisition took place, and the non-Muslims killed them, murdered them, and forced them to flee from the land and expel them. And the beautiful Masjid al Cordoba now became a church. So we cannot be content With our masajid That we have a very beautiful Darussalam Masjid I cannot be content You cannot be content Because the Masjid of Qurtaba was more beautiful than this Darussalam Masjid And we cannot be content With our madarsas, with our academies Because they were greater scholars Imam Qurtabi, Shaykh al Al-Akbar Ibn Hazm, the, author, uh, the great scholar Zahiri Fiqh uh, the, One of the great scholars of the Zahiri madhab, Sahib Al-Muhalla And all of these great scholars were greater than us. We are mere students of knowledge. But none of this helped them in the long run. They lost the whole country, even though they were in a much better position than we are. Why? Because they did not show that beautiful Islam to the non-Muslims. They did not interact with them, with the beautiful akhlaq. This is our responsibility. We have to take this to heart, make this intention, firm intention, that we will do outreach just to share with you as we conclude some of the outreach activities that we uh, were able to do with your help and the help of the volunteers may Allah reward them is that all of the of the officials in the the government we took different gifts and cards and went and spoke to them including the sheriff of dupage county i personally went and uh, some of the brothers also went with me we went and spoke to the inspector the chief inspector who is in charge of the patrol division of the sheriff department. We had a meeting with him. We went and spoke to the county, DuPage County uh, chief of the entire DuPage County administration. We had a meeting with him. We invited them to the masjid as well. We went to all the different departments in the county office with different gifts. We went to the church here. I went uh, and we gave a gift and invited them to an open house at the masjid. And all of these neighbors in the apartments, in these condos here, and all the neighbors on the street here, the car dealer, all the people you see when you're entering, we took gift baskets and chocolates and, get, and we invited them. We are also hope, hope, uh, holding, uh, inshallah, we are going to be uh, hosting this neighborhood open house. This card, we printed this card and gave it to all of them. Happy holidays from your neighbors at salaam Foundation. You are cordially invited January 9th at 12 p.m. for a neighborhood open house. Refreshments will be served open question and answer session. And RSVP is there. So we have these cards on the way out. We don't have unlimited number of these printed because they are beautifully printed cards with pictures and everything. So if you have co-workers, if you have neighbors that you want to invite to the open house, Don't just pick up a random, let me pick up another 10 or 5 of them. If you have people you are seriously interested in inviting them, then do pick up a card and take it and present it to them so that they can inshallah also come to the Muslim. All the studies and all of uh, the surveys unanimously agree and indicate that those Americans who have a one-on-one relationship with Muslims, have far lesser degrees of hatred or fear of Muslims than those who have no interaction with Muslims fear of the unknown, fear of what they are being told I could not personally reach all of the neighbors myself, so we had some volunteers and students help us and they came back with stories that we are at the door, we are knocking and we hear the television talking about Muslims are terrorists that's what they are hearing and they are afraid to knock on the door and they knock on the door and there you go. There is a Muslim who is standing with a gift, with a box of Fannie Mae candies. So he, the, the person will be forced and compelled to think, I'm just hearing this, I'm watching this, that they are so bad. But what do I see here? There's a Muslim giving me chocolate at the same time. And inshallah, as we say, then and this is agreed upon reality, that actions speak louder than words. And he will inshallah... Believe in the action that he sees and witnesses, rather than hearing, uh, believing those words that he's hearing on the screen. So we have to make this decision. Whatever field that we may be involved in, we all have to take responsibility, each and every single one of us. And this was something we always had to do, but the time now has, uh, it, it has become even more incumbent upon us. We cannot sit back and say that there will be some group of scholars who will take care of this or some Muslim uh, public action committee will take care of this or care will be fighting for us or someone else will be fighting for us each one of us has been selected by Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to be ambassador of the deen and I'll conclude by saying that there are those who may be engaged in interfaith engaged in in dealing with others and, and inviting others but themselves are not practicing the deen and there are those who are practicing the deen but are not engaging with others. This is a very sad situation. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Ya amanu All Those who believe enter into Islam completely, so wholly, completely, Kafa. So those who are doing their own ibadah, they might not be missing any tahajjud prayer. They are fasting on Mondays and Thursdays. They are doing nawafil as well. But the non-Muslim neighbors, they have no knowledge about that. They don't see that. They need to know that you are concerned about their welfare as well. At a humanitarian level, we have to engage with them and help in those causes that Islam stands for as well. So they don't see that side of you. On the other hand, there may be those who are very proactive in the political field and or in other fields, but at, what they are doing is that they are themselves are not demonstrating Islam. They are afraid to mention that they are Muslims. So they are not adding glory to Islam They are just Making it easier perhaps for themselves For their own existence But they are not helping the Muslim cause So those who are involved In outreach They need to start practicing And those who are practicing the name of Islam Need to engage in outreach And we have to do both We have no option but to excel in both fields May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Make it easy for us To overcome all of these challenges And take this inshallah to heart and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept all of our youth and give them the strength of iman. If you feel that, you know, I can't engage, I'm a very insular person, I'm introvert, I don't like to talk, that it's not an option anymore. It's very difficult for me. What do I have in, in common with the, with the church people? What do I have in common with the people in the government? We went to the fire station, we gave it to the fire chief. I. It's easier for you perhaps to engage with them than myself. If you want to talk about football, sports, you can talk about, I don't even really know anything about sports. I have nothing in common for me to talk to them. But this is something I realized is high time. I need to do. I have to do. I have no option. So I took the courage and I went to these people. And I found it to be very, very beneficial. So I encourage all of you as well that it may be easier for you to communicate. It may, you may be, inshallah, even easier for you to interact with them. So... Do not shy away. Take the opportunity. And if you feel that you don't have enough confidence because you don't know enough about the deen of Islam, you're not able to speak, then it's high time to pick up books. Come to the different classes that are offered by ulama in the area. There are so many opportunities to learn from Darul Qasim, Darul Hikmah, Darul Salam. All these different classes are being offered by different scholars. Go and enrich yourself with the knowledge and arm yourself so that you'll be able to combat this fitna. We do not have an option to stay silent on the sidelines and say that someone else will take care of it anymore. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq in this year to make a great change in uh, overcoming this. And inshallah, we will be able to overcome it with the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa دَعَوَانًا وَالْحَمْدُ